Tennessee, led by Kermit Davis. Blue Raiders out of Middle Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here's Giddy Potts. He can flat out shoot it. Step back, 17-footer. It's good. Big shot by Nick King. The blue shoe is going crazy. How about this play by Kermit Davis? Underneath, great pass by Dixon for Campbell. Five seconds to play. Here's Potts. Got it! Giddy Potts. Brandon Walters will slam it home. The Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee, a 15 seed, has won it. Lawrence, magic again for Middle Tennessee. The 12 seed takes out. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Blue Raider Hoops podcast, the only podcast that exclusively covers the MTSU men's basketball team. As always, I'm your host, Oliver Baltz. I got an awesome show for y'all today. Uh, My guest is Chip Walters, the voice of the Blue Raiders. He is the play-by-play broadcaster for the men's basketball team and the football team. So anytime you've heard uh, the football team or basketball team on the radio, that is who you are hearing. Um... So the whole episode is just us chopping it up. Uh, we, we have a lot of cool topics to discuss and the 11 game winning streak MTSU just had and the loss against Marshall. I know that's not that cool, but also the, uh, the conference USA tournament starting next week and just some other topics that we go over. So I, I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Right. I'd like to welcome in my guest, Chip Walters. Chip has worked with Middle Tennessee for over 25 years. He has been the voice of the Blue Raiders for the last nine years, currently being the play-by-play broadcaster for the football and basketball team. So he's around this team as much as anyone. Also called play-by-play for the Nashville Sounds and has done freelance TV work for multiple networks surrounding Nashville. He's a native of Columbia, Tennessee, so truly is a born and bred Middle Tennessean. Really excited to have him on the podcast today. Chip, thanks again and how you doing? Uh, doing great, uh, and ready for the conference tournament. Uh, last night was a little bit of a disappointment uh, at the end of the regular season, but this team's accomplished a lot, and you can't let one night, uh, you know, kind of overwhelm your thoughts of, on what they've done so far. Yeah, absolutely. We will revisit that Marshall game. Uh, the first obligatory question I, I usually ask people who have been around this program for, for a number of years is. What's it been like watching this program develop from, for lack of a better word, an average or typical mid-major basketball school to one of the most well-regarded and reputable mid-major programs in all of college basketball after that Michigan State win three years ago? Well, you know, that was, you, you could see it building uh, prior to that. And um, the Michigan State game was, you know, more or less the coming out party that let everybody else know what a lot of us already knew and had an idea and and kind of saw it coming, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, I was doing some numbers uh, after the Western Kentucky game, just looking at some things that this is the 95th season of middle Tennessee basketball. And prior to Kermit Davis's arrival, middle had won five conference regular season championships since his arrival. They've in the last, that was in the first 79 years in the last 16 years, they've won six. So, uh, you know, he has taken it to a different level. 
Jimmy Earl back in the seventies kind of got things going. Murphy Center was really the building of that uh, of that building was kind of the catalyst that that uh, you know kind of took it from you know the local college to something different, and then from there, uh, you know, he set the stage uh, for Stan Simpson, uh, a member of his staff, taking over and and uh, and the first really breakthrough. Uh, national win that Middle had was on March 11th, 1982, in in the uh, which was my freshman year, by the way, uh, in the NCAA tournament beating Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, and then then obviously had some ups and downs, but but the thing was, you could tell from day one that that, that Kermit was placing a high level of uh, you know of accountability, uh, you know, a high standard. For, for the guys to live up to both on and off the court. And, uh, and, and it's funny, uh, I told him, you know, it's funny, he came out, you know, the day they beat Michigan State and, you know, heck, he'd been coaching 30 years by then. And, and uh, I just said, hey, you know, isn't it kind of funny? You took, took 30 years to become an overnight sensation. And that's the way it happens most of the time. But he's the, thing, the way that he goes about his business sets the tone for how everybody else goes about their business. Uh, give you an, ex- an example. Uh, one of the CBS guys there on Thursday uh, at game day practice, and they do call it a game day practice for a reason. It's not a shoot around. It's a game day practice. And, uh, and he said, boy, they really go hard at it, uh, you know, on game day. I said, I said, yeah, I said, but, you know, this is, you know, at the time on Thursday was the biggest game of the year to that point. Uh, because you had a conference championship on the line. And I said, well, the thing is, if you'd been here on the day of the Arkansas Fort Smith game or the Trevecca game or in Hawaii at the U.S., you know, the day of the USC game, whatever, it, it would look the same because that's they, they treat every game the same and they go about their preparation the same. And that's why things look the way they do on the floor in a game because they, 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 they do it all, uh, at a high standard at a high level. But, uh, and, and also Kermit works probably works harder now than he did, uh, you know, before all of this came through because you, he's actually, you know, talked about it. The more, the, the more you win, the more the hunger is to win even more and the more you want. And, uh, and, and you can, and he kind of embodies that. Yeah, that, that that's uh, I, I think that's a good point. You look at what they did. I can't remember exactly what year it was. I want to say it was uh, it was either thirteen or fourteen. But they made that that playing game and played St. Mary's, and then it, I mean, it, you look at throughout the two thousand tens. There's a lot of, of really good seasons that you know only six, seven, eight losses, and you know, there's that St. Mary's win. But you're right, exactly. It looks like they have stepped up the next level. And then when they beat Michigan State, and now so much accomplishments this year with being ranked, and uh, I don't know, they've had a lot of RPI success. And like I said, it just seems like more and more the national media is taking notice of this basketball program and the brand that they are building. Yeah, and and, and that's very important to Coach Davis. See, he talks about building a national brand and 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 being able to put it out there, and and you know it's. The reason that a lot, in my opinion, that a lot of the national attention has come is because, you know, the Michigan State win was was awesome, but that just kind of was the, you know, from a national standpoint, was kind of a starting point uh, 
and you've had to continue to back that up, you know, year after year now, uh, in, in the war there is sustainability. And they have been able to sustain that one game last year in the tournament against Minnesota, uh, you know, and, and, you know, what yesterday, Jay Billis, you know, even said, Hey, they deserve to be a five seed or a six seed. Uh, it, it'll, it will be interesting as the polls come out this week, going into the conference tournament, what was, uh, what will be the hit as far as the, the rankings are concerned. Uh, and, and if, the, if it will drop out, but if middle will drop out, but I was also, while we're on the air, we uh, was going to look and, uh, uh, check and see what the RPI is this morning because going into yesterday it was 21 going into the Marshall game but but it's a sustainability is a big thing and, and I think you know winning at a high level and playing in high level games you know going to Hawaii being in that tournament getting a lot of national exposure there uh, you know coming up next year we're going to go and play uh, in the Bahamas uh, at the battle for Atlantis that'll be the same kind of deal so, you know, you, that brand, uh, it, I mean, it kind of feeds on itself. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. You know, you want the exposure, but to get the exposure, you got to win. And, and you've got to be able to schedule high-level games. And so th- that has all, you know, come about, you know, uh, one, you know, one way or another. Let's talk a little bit about that Marshall game last night. You know, unfortunately, MTSU – got their senior night spoiled and like you said we don't want to disregard the terrific season that they have despite the loss but you know I kind of have like three theories on the on the loss and I'll say those and I'd like your take afterwards so I'm a really big buyer into like hangovers after big emotional wins and that certainly felt like the Western Kentucky game obviously it's a rivalry game like you said that clinched the regular season title um and MTSU played great. They won by 18, and they really controlled the game, especially uh, after that that run at the end of the first half. So there's that. There's also the fact that Marshall just seems like a bad matchup. MTSU's defense has been really good, and, and Marshall, give them a lot of credit. They've got two great guards in John Elmore and C.J. Burks. And But MTSU, you know, hasn't done the best job limiting them. They've both had really good games in those two in the two contests with Marshall, and also, the statistical deficiencies that Marshall has had all season on the defensive side of the basketball have been well noted, but middle, you know, they've had they had trouble scoring in both games. I want to say they only scored 60, they averaged 65 in both games. I think they only shot uh, 41% from the floor if you combine the two field goal percentages. And then last but not least, I do think every basketball team in the history of time has a bad shooting night. And obviously last night was one of those. And given how hot they were in that 11 game winning streak, cold spell was probably due. And obviously you want to have a cold spell in a regular season game, as opposed to a single elimination game in the conference tournament or the national tournament. So what are your thoughts on those three theories? Um, Do they hold any ground? And, you know, do you have any other thoughts? Well, I, I think all in my three thoughts would be exactly the three that that, that you have. The hangover theory, uh, I tend not to buy into as much with, especially just with this group. Having seen how they go about their business and how they prepare, and even you know, I talked to Kermit about it prior to and then after the game uh, on the post game. If he had, you know, were there any signs? Uh, in, 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 you know, during game day practice and, 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 you know, he, he did not expect a big hangover. 
Uh, and after the game, he said not a lot, but, but you know, he goes, they did seem a little, a little too happy, <laughs> so to speak, at, uh, at game day practice. But I, I tend to buy into number two as much as anything is that Marshall is just a bad matchup. And I, and I can't tell you why, but as we noted on the broadcast last night, that both games just looked very similar. Uh, Marshall has the ability and the players to score easily. Uh, you know, they, they had an answer for everything. There was never really a time – in the ball game last night where you felt like middle was in, in charge of the game. Uh, it, it felt like middle was scratching and clawing the whole time and, and just to kind of stay there and, and then took, you know, took a lead here and there, but you know, Marshall had an answer for everything. And as coach said, you know, he goes, we may be the best team in the league right now and win the regular season championship. He goes, but until we can beat Marshall, they're better than us. And, and, and that's just the way that he will look at it. And, you know, they potentially could play on Friday in the semifinals. As far as the other, the, the third one uh, about, you know, everybody's going to have, you know, the, uh, off night here and there or a hot team is going to cool off. I think that's definitely true as well. And uh, whether that was the case last night or not. Uh, and, and again, how I don't want to sell Marshall short at all, but, you know, early in the game, we had free throw issues, and that seemed, number one, it got into Nick King's head and affected the rest of his game. And and just like the the flu type B that went around this year, it got contagious to everybody. And, and it spread through quickly. You know, was it what Marshall did defensively? Uh, or, because I think they, they, they just kind of caused uh, – they got real physical with our guards. And uh, – and, and, and it just – and we didn't react well. How much of it was Marshall? How much of it was our own doing? Uh, I mean, coaches can tell you an answer on that, you know, much more clearly. Uh, you know, they, nobody knows their team better than a coach. But uh, I, I think you have to give Marshall a lot of credit for that simply because both games unfolded almost exactly the same. Uh, and, and, and so that, that's kind of where I stand on it. My, my, I would put, say, oh, 60 percent uh, uh, on on the, uh, you know, on the uh, bad matchup, or maybe 50 percent bad matchup, 30 percent on, or 35 percent on, a hot team is going to eventually have a cool night, and uh, and 15 uh, percent on 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 the other option. Yeah, I really think you hit the nail on the head as far as. Um... Marshall always had an answer. When I do my live tweets, I said a lot of that last night. I was at the game. It seemed like every time MTSU hit a big bucket, the crowd was cheering, got into it. Marshall had an answer, especially C.J. Burks. It seemed like he always had a layup or a three right after well, MTSU got a big bucket. So give a lot of credit to them. Well, to me, it was it was, uh, it was Elmore that, that had it because, I mean, there was, there was one stretch of the game. Middle gets a dunk takes the lead. They come right back down. Elmore hits a three out of the corner. Middle comes back. I mean, it literally, he beat him down the floor and, and, and his three was in the air before every, before everybody else got back down the floor. Middle comes back down. I think Giddy got a bucket. And then on the, then they came right back 
and Elmore got a straight drive right down the lane for a layup that was super easy. And it was like both plays they made were somewhat demoralizing. And, and there was this, I mean, you, there's this feeling is that, you know, middle runs all this, you know, runs offense and works so hard to get a good shot and you, or, and, and you take it and, uh, and you make it. And then, and then Marshall could just come right back down the floor with ease and just score without much effort. And that, that part of it's a little, was the, the little bit demoralizing and, uh, what the loss did, it dropped middle to a 27 in the RPI from yesterday. They were 20. So now you just uh, go back to work and, uh, and, uh, like coach said, uh, the eyes on the prize and, and, and you just got to go to Frisco and win the tournament. So let's put the loss behind us. Don't, don't want to dwell on that too much. Like we said, we had a terrific season, uh, regular season, 24 and six. I think it was 16 and two in conference play. Let's specifically talk about that 11 game winning streak. I don't want to call it the turning point because the season before that wasn't bad by any means, but it really seemed like after that first loss against Marshall and that win in the first game against Western Kentucky, which sparked the 11 game winning streak, it, it, it seemed like we just saw a different team. It seemed like we saw a team really meeting its potential and starting to scratch the ceiling. And I'm a big believer that Coach Davis moving Antoine Johnson into the starting lineup at the two really helped that. I've always thought he takes scoring pressure off of King and Giddy, and I think he takes ball handling pressure off Dixon or Sims, whoever's playing the point guard. So I'm a big believer that Antoine was a, a was a big part of that that spark. Do you have um, a- any other theories on on what really instigated that 11 game winning streak? Well, I think I think at the time that uh, after the Marshall loss that middle from a middle standpoint felt like they had to play as a desperate team because they had let something slip away and they had to build it back to get back in that at large talk and also to remain in, in the, in the fight for, uh, for the regular season championship. And I think, you know, the thing that was the springboard obviously was the very next game and going to Bowling Green and, and winning there. But I think you're right. From an offensive standpoint, uh, putting Antoine Johnson, who did add some scoring punch, Ed Simpson does a lot of really, really good things. But at that point, middle needed some scoring punch, you know, to add to, and as you said, take some pressure off Nick King and Giddy Potts. And I thought that was a good move at the time and what the team needed uh, at the time. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, and then the also, I think, you know, toward the end of that, that 11 game streak, we saw a, a, a blossoming of Donovan Sims, which, you know, I, I can't wait to see more of that and to see how he and Tyreek uh, make each other better in their competition and practice for games. And uh, that, that his emergence is only going to help this team and is only going to make Tyreek even better. Yeah, that watching Donovan Sims in uh in uh, UAB and in Western Kentucky, it, it was it was a joy. I feel like in the Marshall win or the Marshall loss, he you know he was a little un- overwhelmed, and I think the problem was he just couldn't stay on the floor defensively because I mean John Elmore is he's only a junior, but he's you know plays like the Conference USA Player of the Year the last two years and probably next year. So I mean that's obviously a huge assignment on defense, and I don't discredit him at all for you know not being able to completely overcome that 
Well, yeah, he, 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 as coach said, he looked a little bit like a freshman at times last night and, uh, he's, uh, boy, there's so many good things that are going to happen, uh, you know, with him, uh, and, and the, he, he's, he sees the floor so well and he and Tyreek are different type of players and, yeah. uh, and, 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 uh, but play the same position and, and both, you know, can do a lot of great things in their skill package, you know, as you would expect is all just a little bit different. But, uh, you know, it, it, like I said, I, I think as they, you know, you're, you've got uh, two more years of them playing together, which uh, I think can, can only, only be, uh, uh, you know, helpful to both. And as far as Don Elmore is concerned, I think he needs to go and uh, play pro ball in Europe next year because he, <laughs> he, he sure has that Euro step down or Euro plus about two steps down uh, as far as from where I sat. Let's go ahead and start talking about conference play next week. Um, Middle is going to play the winner of Florida International and Louisiana Tech on Thursday night. And then, like you said, they are very likely to play Marshall again, assuming they beat the winner of UTEP and UTSA. UTSA had a great season. They're a five seed. But the thing is, is they lost that star freshman point guard, Javon Jackson, to a knee injury. He's probably CUSA freshman of the year. So, um, I guess my question is, do you think MTSU should be cheering for Marshall to be upset by UTEP or UTSA, or would playing Marshall a third time, possibly beating them, be beneficial for this team moving forward? I really don't think there's anybody they'd rather play uh, than Marshall. Uh, I, I think they, I think they feel like they've let, in, in particular yesterday, let that one get away, and and that's still a kind of an open wound. So, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, they, they're right now they're focused on, on their first round game. And, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see how Louisiana tech and, and, and Southern Miss come out. And uh, it, right now you just, you, you have a, about a 24 hour uh, look ahead vision uh, right now. Their, their biggest thing is to get back on the practice floor and, and, and work out some things that, you know that that were that were troublesome, but to, but but to don't dwell on, you know the the Marshall game at all. But I, I certainly think there's a raw spot to, inside of each one of those players and in, in, on that competitive side that they have that they would love to get a third third shot at Marshall uh, when it really 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 did count. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on looking forward. Um, I feel like MTSU some of their worst performance this season are games where you know, the opponent was just kind of substandard, for lack of a better term. They, uh, like, uh, the f- the first game was uh, Florida International and Florida Atlantic. I feel like they played pretty poorly in those two games just because, you know, the Florida International, Florida Atlantic, with all due respect to them, they aren't top of the conference teams. And I, I feel like MTSU walked into it thinking it, it was going to just be handed to them, and it, it obviously wasn't. But, um, you know, that, that I don't want to say it concerns me, but that is something to look out for in that first game on Thursday night. Yeah, I, I think this uh, – I'll be honest, I, I don't have a worry about them being prepared uh, on, on Monday night or on Thursday evening. I think, they'll, they, I think they will not be able to stand it to wait to get back out and play again. They, they want to get this taste out of their mouth, and, and really the best way to, to do that is to – is to just get back out on the floor and play. For sure. So I don't want to look too far ahead, but I want to talk about that bottom of the bracket. 
let's just say MTSU wins those first two games. Um, the bottom of the bracket has Western Kentucky and Old Dominion at the two and the three seed. Let's just assume they make it to the semifinals and MTSU has to play one of them. Is there a preference that MTSU fans should have between Western or Old Dominion? I tend to think Old Dominion because a lot of people always say beating teams three times in one season is the hardest thing you'll have to do. And I just kind of like the matchup versus Old Dominion more. But what do you think? I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other, they both provide different challenges. Uh, the, the Stiff brothers and 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 uh, and Caver for Old Dominion yeah. are so good. Trey Porter, matter of fact, I voted for Trey Porter as player of the week this week. He had a terrific week. Uh, and, and he's really a skilled big man. Uh, Western Kentucky, uh, I was really stunned that they did not bounce back and play better last night. I don't know if they've mailed it in now or not. Uh, they, uh, they, they just went and got blitzkrieged at, uh, at UAB. So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, just like us, they both got to get there. Uh, and, yeah. and that's not, and, and something's, something's going to happen to somebody to w- at least one of those top four seeds and us included uh, you, you have to be on upset alert. Something's going to happen to one of them. I don't see the Chalks uh, 100% coming out of the quarterfinals. As John Rothstein said, college basketball, where the unexpected becomes ordinary. That's right. Last question I got for you. Is there any specific adjustment or area of improvement you think this team needs to make to win their third consecutive Conference USA Championship make the third consecutive NCAA tournament? Or do you think that, you know, we've seen this team at their best and it really just comes down to them playing their best basketball at the right time? I think you don't overcomplicate it. I think that's exactly what you do. And I think you have to use Saturday as a throwout and and get back to doing the things that you do best. And we've seen that. Uh, and, and, and again, Marshall provides a different – uh, challenge than anybody else in the league simply because of the way that they play. They play like a European team, and it's and it's it's just different. Uh, I, you know, Middle is you know the best defensive team in the league, and uh, and had the B number one uh, scoring differential. So they are they're best against the three. Held Marshall you know in check at the three point line last night. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, I think it's just doing what you do and do it well. I don't, I don't see that there's no, no reason to, to make any big overhaul. You've gotten to a, a point in the season, uh, for a reason. And, uh, and, and, and that's doing the things that you do well. And you just got to continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chip, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I, I really appreciated it. I really enjoyed all your answers and, uh, I look forward to hearing from you in the next three games. Good deal. I appreciate it very much. All right, y'all, that is it for today. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Many thanks to Chip Walters once again for coming on. I'm really fortunate to have him, uh, you know, drop his genius on, on the show. I'm I'm probably not even worthy, but that's a whole different story. I'm not I'm not worthy of any of the guests I've had. They've all been awesome this year. But um, to review the Conference USA tournament a little bit, 
The first game, like I mentioned, is on Thursday night at 6. That is going to be broadcasted via stadium. So I, I think it's on Facebook Live like all the other ones. So just make sure you follow that at 6. Unfortunately, the Friday game, assuming MTSU wins on Thursday night, is going to be on t at 12.30. It is on CBS Sports Network, so you'll be able to watch it on TV if you're off work. I will be requesting off work to cover this one live. Uh, so if you can't get off work to watch it, make sure you're slacking off in the bathroom and watching my live tweets because I will definitely be in-depth on the updates there. Uh, then the final championship game is on Saturday night at 7.30, so, and that's obviously on CBS Sports Network as well. So hope everybody has a great week. It is finally March, March Madness, the best time of the year. I hope y'all are as excited as I am. Go Blue!